Welcome to the Story Exchange. You're listening to our series, Good on the Ground. 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 You're listening to Good on the Ground from the Story Exchange, featuring women entrepreneurs making an impact in a world that needs fixing. I'm Colleen DeVace. I'm Sue Williams. Hello, ladies. And that is beekeeper Christy Allen. I just want to see how big you are. She's outside checking on a hive of honeybees. It's a relatively balmy day in February in snowy Minnesota. Oh, beautiful. Look at all those bees. Every day I get phone calls about, you know, how do I start a beehive? Or I'm really interested in learning about bees. When I started in 2010, we just didn't anticipate the kind of growth and and it's not waning. Christy's business is called The Bee's Knees, and we headed to Minneapolis to find out more about it. This is not your typical sell honey at the farmer's market type of business. It's really not. No. Christy's company makes about $200,000 in annual revenue while maintaining environmentally sustainable practices. The Bee's Knees is a local beekeeping organization uh, that is pedal-powered both in honey delivery and honey extraction. Uh, We teach uh, intensive beekeeping classes. Uh, We rent out our honey house to beekeepers. We sell beekeeping equipment, and we do advocacy and education around bees. Bees, of course, are dying at an alarming rate. Yeah, we need them more than ever. To eat. To eat foods like fruit, apples, pears, melon, squash, nuts. Coffee. They all require bee pollination. In this podcast, we'll explore the plight of the bee, and we'll talk to Christy about the challenges and rewards of running a business in which your assets are literally disappearing. You know, your livelihood being dependent upon something that is dying or struggling to survive, uh, it's a pretty big gamble you're taking. Keep on listening. Honeybees have been around longer You know, their relationship with humans is longer than any other animal on the planet. Christy is originally from a small town about an hour north of the Twin Cities. Yeah, so growing up, I really enjoyed being outside, and and we had a big open field uh, by our house that eventually changed to development, but I I have memories of, of playing in the little wooded areas. The Midwest, of course, is known for farming. It's America's breadbasket, where wheat was traditionally grown, not to mention all sorts of grains and vegetables. But since World War II, that rich diversity of crops has dwindled. Christy is only in her 30s, but even in her lifetime, she's watched the town change dramatically from, you know, a lot of that open prairie or, or traditional farms to corn and soybeans. That's known as a monoculture, where you have a sea of single crops grown largely for livestock feed or ethanol. It's a staggering number uh, how much of our prairie has disappeared since monocultures and, and pesticides started to be used on a much larger scale. Christy graduated from the University of Minnesota in 2008. She was drawn to agriculture. I'm a hard worker and it's hard work um, and I've always wanted to spend my profession majority outside. But more than that, as a global studies major, she was drawn to social issues and, perhaps idealistically, fixing large-scale problems like lack of access to affordable food. 
it seemed very daunting, all the problems in the world. So she decided to home in on one tiny piece of it. Bees were something I could kind of focus on. Here's a drone coming out. Look at the size of those eyes, too. <laughs> Christy first learned about the struggles bees were facing when she spent some time after college with the AmeriCorps program. Working on farms in Arkansas and Ecuador. Bees pollinate a third of everything that we eat. Without bees, who's going to do the, that very important pollination work of making those plants reproduce? Environmentalists around the world have been concerned for some time about the drastic drop in the number of bees. When honeybee colonies were reported to be dying in mass, first in the United States, it was clear that there was something really, really wrong. That's Marla Spivak, a professor at University of Minnesota and a bee expert. She's an advisor to Christie. Here she is explaining this devastating problem in a TED Talk. Bees are dying from multiple and interacting causes. Part of the problem are those giant monocultures that Christie talked about earlier. Which maximize profits for agro-giants like Monsanto and many farmers. But destroy biodiversity. So bees don't have the good nutrition that they used to. Then there's disease and parasites and, of course, pesticides. The bottom line is bees dying reflects a dysfunctional food system. That's what drew Christy to bees. When you don't have bees pollinating our fruits and flowers and vegetables, it's not hard to imagine a world where only the very rich would probably get to eat things like strawberries. Coffee would disappear. Chocolate would disappear. These things we kind of take for granted apples, watermelons, I mean, there's just any fruit uh, would, be, would be gone, yeah. So that's the inspiration for Christie's mission-based company, The Bee's Knees, but the logistics of running a bee business are, let's just say, unique. I'd actually call it somewhat terrifying. <laughs> you're allergic to bees, right? Yes, extremely. Just remember you're a surface, Sue. You're a surface. They don't care about you. Yeah, well, maybe this is not an industry you should uh, think about. Yeah. When I was being educated about bees, someone once said, you know a real beekeeper because they lean in instead of kind of cower back, right? Uh, and I immediately leaned in. I was just, the smell, um, the, the taste of real honey, there's a lot of sensory, you're outside, flowers are blooming and the sound, you know, they're buzzing all the time, and it's, it's very uh, meditative, and you have to be present with bees. I spent some time with Christy when we filmed our video profile of her. That's very brave of you, Sue. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners can uh, watch that video on our site, www.thestoryexchange.org. And even though it was terrifying, it was thrilling, too. She took us out to some fields where she has about a dozen hives, she checked each one by pulling out the wooden frame that the bees, thousands of them, cluster on. They have glands, wax glands, on the side of their abdomens. Like if I pick up a bee, get one that's eating. And you look underneath on the underside, it looks like what are like kind of like shingles. And she did it with her bare hands. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Me, I was very happy to be completely zipped up <laughs> in what looks like a white hazmat bodysuit. Christy pointed out each queen bee. There she is. She's much bigger 
And you'll see bees following her around. She puts a yellow dot on each one so she can easily track them, and she's just totally at ease with them. Wow. She also took us to a rooftop downtown where she keeps other hives. Urban beekeeping is a bit of a thing now. Devotees swear you can taste the difference between uptown honey and downtown honey. Right. Well, this is part of what Christy does at the Bees Knees. She manages about 130 hives around Minneapolis. Some of them are owned by local universities who pay an annual maintenance fee to her company. I'm going to hive to hive, checking their health, checking to make sure that they're set up to make honey, and then checking to make sure they're going to make it through the winter. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's get back to how Christy started her business. In 2009, after her time in AmeriCorps, Christy came back to the U.S. to work for her aunt, who'd married a commercial beekeeper. I went to work at their honey house uh, in northern Minnesota. Christy read a book called Honeybee Democracy by Thomas Seeley. I was really inspired by the way that bees work. Um, it's an all-female-run organization. They dance to communicate. She was particularly fascinated by a passage in Seeley's book about how a swarm of bees finds a new home. Scout bees will fan out and search for the perfect tree cavity. Here's some sound of Dr. Seeley giving a lecture at Cornell University about how an individual scout bee will dance to communicate she's found a dream home. In doing this dance, she shares with the other scouts, the ones that did not happen to find a possible home site, information about the direction and the distance and the goodness of what she found. They all eventually go with that bee and, and then decide. <laughs> They democratically choose where their new home is going to be, and it, it blew my mind. Christy herself decided, I'm going to be a beekeeper, and that's, that was the goal. I didn't really know what it would turn into, and I think that's a typical entrepreneur's story, right? You have this idea, and then it kind of balloons into something. We'll tell you how she figured out her business model right after this brief break. The Story Exchange is a nonprofit media company that provides inspiration and information for women entrepreneurs. Check out our videos, including a profile of the entrepreneur you're listening to right now at www.thestoryexchange.org. And we'd love to hear from you, especially if you know someone who should be featured on this podcast. Drop us a line at infothestoryexchange.org or find us on Facebook. I think the, the hardest challenge for me was sort of figuring out the model and the financial model. And, and I mean, as any business owner, that's a, a perpetual challenge. We've been sharing the story of Christy Allen, founder of The Bee's Knees. So Christy is working at her aunt and uncle's honey house. It's called Barbell Bee Ranch. And also bartending at a restaurant. Her aunt asked her if she'd like to sell their honey in Minneapolis. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. She had a bike. And I was like, it's close to Halloween. I should paint my bike like a bee and dress up like one and hand out uh, honey samples. Um, and, and I just went with it. <laughs> I love this idea. I put on some striped socks. I got some uh, pipe cleaners and some foam balls. And uh, at 30 years old, I <laughs> dressed up like a bee and, and handed out business cards with honey samples. I think the striped knee socks that she's wearing, bright yellow and black stripes, were a particularly good touch. Yeah, she stood out. I actually started by delivering to 
people's doors, doorsteps. I had this nostalgia for a time when I wasn't alive. The milkman would come to your door and you had this interaction and, and you know, I'd get my picture taken and kids would get really excited about it. And this worked. She picked up a number of clients, not just individuals, but restaurants, coffee shops, food co-ops. She dubbed her new business the Bee's Knees. So this is this year's harvest. So it's going to be a little bit different than what he was getting, but it's super delicious and drizzles real nice. Christy didn't know a ton about business, so she took a course at a women's business center run by the Small Business Administration. I took a, like a six-month consultation through Women Ventures, which is a, a local nonprofit that helps women business owners as they start and, and as they continue. Christy was resourceful. I worked three jobs uh, until about 2013 when we did our Kickstarter. Um, when I started the business, all the money would go back into the business. And so I, I never took a salary or, or a wage. Um, and then I took a very, you know, modest one. What was the Kickstarter campaign? Um, the Kickstarter campaign was uh, to open the space and we raised $40,000. We need a headquarters, a hive of our own. Your Kickstarter donation will help us revive the hive by making the Honey House a reality for our community. With the money raised, Christy turned an old carpet factory a big concrete box smack in the middle of the Twin Cities into her Honey House. It paid for the everything, the walls, the not the walls, I'm sorry, the ceiling and the floor and the extractors and the sinks and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's a place where hobby beekeepers can come and process their honey. Christy charges by the hour and handles the cleanup afterwards. It's really rewarding and sticky. Casey, that knife isn't working very well, so I'm going to get you a different one. Oh, it's getting too hot. too hot. That shouldn't happen. Today I have about four employees that are part-time and, and uh, two of them are seasonal. They manage hives, sell honey, and also teach a 14-week course on beekeeping called Camp Bees Knees. We charge, you know, around $600 for the course per person, so that's a good chunk of money in the springtime. Last year, they had a wait list for the class. It's been uh, amazing to see the attention around bees and, and people who want to save the bees by becoming a beekeeper. They build all this wax that's in here. It comes out of their bodies and then they grab it with their teeth and then they form perfect hexagons. And they angle them so that stuff doesn't fall out of them. <laughs> and join them together, right? Like how can you not love these animals? They're just brilliant. My role in the company is, is changing. As I get older, I can't be hauling as much honey around on my bicycle. One last thing we wanted to mention is an invention that Christy has come up with. It's called the Bee's Knees Honey Cycle. <laughs> Many beekeepers use a hand crank to extract honey. Kind of like a butter churner that sits on the side of the machine, but it's really awkward to use. Christy thought there must be a better way. I went to my, my bike mechanic friend, Carl Storziner, who's got a brilliant engineer mind, and I said, help me make this pedal powered. And so I literally gave him a six pack of beer <laughs> and we sat in his garage and, and just noodled around like, 
how can this be the best for the beekeeper? They came up with something that looks like a stationary bike with a giant tank on it. It's used for extracting and filtering honey. While we were there, there was a young man pedaling away on a bike with a very large circular vat on the front of it. And as he pedaled, honey slowly streamed out of a hole near the bottom and into a large bucket. The cells are now empty, and then the other side still has honey in it, and so we turn them around. It's clear that Christy's years biking around delivering honey inspired it, and it's great because using your legs is way less tiring than extracting honey by hand. So it only takes really like a minute to two minutes to empty one side of the frame. I asked Christy for an update recently on the Bees Knees Honey Cycle. She has sold a few. Each one retails for about $2,000, and she's hoping to raise funds to properly advertise it. Yeah, we're just seeing the, the um, potential of the equipment sales. And this year we had an, a really good year for honey. The weather was just kind of nice for flowers. And so we've been very busy with extractions this year. Christy hopes her company grows to a point where it can sustain itself and, and continue to do really good work with community. So if you are not up for starting your own bee business, like Sue, but are concerned <laughs> about the plight of the bee, Christy has some advice. We as consumers have a ton of power, and it's the only power we seem to have right now. <laughs> um, and, and so using it wisely, um, supporting small businesses, small beekeepers, farmers that are growing food in, in a sustainable manner. That's number one. We thank Christy for spending time with us. And we thank you for listening. This has been the Story Exchange. Join us next time to hear more stories about innovative and inspirational women doing the things you'd never dream of. Or maybe you would. If you like this podcast, please share on social media or post a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. And visit our website at thestoryexchange.org where you'll find news, videos, and tips for women entrepreneurs. And we'd love to hear from you, especially if you know someone who should be featured on this podcast. Drop us a line at info at thestoryexchange.org or find us on Facebook. Sound editing provided by Nusha Bellion. Production coordinator is Christina Kelly. Interview recorded by Sam Shin. Executive producers are Sue Williams and Victoria Wong.